there any possibility the Pelicans look to bring back Jackson Hayes next season? Plus, there's coaching rumors out there. What's it mean for the team going forward? Can they fix the offense? And Trajan Langdon rumors. Does that mean there's a shakeup coming in the front office? It's a Monday episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans at NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Monday, another week's worth of shows coming to you from Locked On Pelicans, the only place that does this. Every single day, completely free, no hot takes, just giving you the things you want to hear about this team, whether it's on-court stuff with players, off-court with coaches in the front office. And look, Trajan Langdon leaves, that means something for the front office. And I'll explain in the third segment of today's show. And I want to get into James Borrego, who could be joining the Pelicans coaching staff. Does that fix the offense? I'm not so sure. But let's start with Jackson Hayes. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. Like I said, no one else comes to you like this. Become an everydayer. It's the number one way to support the show. And today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com promo code locked on. So, Jackson Hayes, kind of like. The misfit toy on this Pelicans roster. Drafted eighth overall, oozes potential, has been a starting center, has been a starting power forward, and a guy that also gets zero minutes, a very inconsistent tenure to his team, to to his career. But would the Pelicans bring him back? And there's a twist to that, which I'll get to a little bit later here in this bit. I think there's a chance. When you look at the Pelicans, they don't have a ton of money to spend this offseason. If you're an everydayer, a couple weeks ago, you heard me do the full-on salary cap breakdown of this team and how much they could have they could have to spend. They maybe get to $12 million without major shakeups to this roster, maybe, but that's putting them deep into the luxury tax and likely hard capping them, which doesn't really matter that much. But it's something you've got to worry about a little bit. And would they do that? So if they're trying to be cheap, cheaper, stay within the constraints of the luxury tax and avoid it as best as possible or as pay as little of it as possible, Jackson Hayes could be a cheap option. As we've said, his career has been very inconsistent. He, per game in his career, averages seven and a half points and four rebounds. Those aren't great numbers for a starting center. The rebounding numbers in particular really aren't ideal. He's not a three-point shooter. He has just weird mental mistakes out there on the court. And we don't really know what his position truly is. Is he a center? Is he a power forward? Though that versatility, having started in both spots, could be a good thing for him. And most importantly, he's a restricted free agent. The Pelicans have him next year for the qualifying offer, which he could take. And I don't know if he wants 
that to play a one-year deal and, you know, sign a one-year deal and not play is that's going to hurt him in the future. So could you sign him on a two-year, three-year, really cheap deal, $3 million per season, basically what you're paying Billy Hernan Gomez now, and I don't know if Billy Hernan Gomez will be back next year, and frankly, I think I'd probably pick Jackson Hayes over Billy Hernan Gomez on this roster. So if they just need some cheap big man depth, and I say big man instead of center because has played the four, has played the five. And look, when he was starting four for the team last year, it was fine. He wasn't good. I don't think he was bad, but held it down kind of as a starter in name only. It's somewhat of a useful guy to have. You know, is he the right locker room fit? I'm not entirely certain. We see him on the bench and he seems pretty happy joking around. He has fun in warmups. He very much, I think, enjoys being an NBA player. So is that what you want out of the guy though? When he's not playing and hasn't been good and he has these moments of, okay, he's a starter. We're expecting a big season from him and then just doesn't deliver on that the next year. And you have to go through this whole process over and over and over again. It's not what you really want out of a player is you're trying to build a very competitive roster and trying to get towards the postseason to have guys kind of be pushed. And so when you have a guy like that, yeah, you can get him for cheap, but is it even worth it? And would it be better to keep Billy Hernan Gomez, who is also a very good locker room guy? I'm not sure. I think they're going to try and do right and find Billy a new home. I think he has a, t- a player team option. They could just decline it and let him walk to um, to do right by him as he clearly wants a bigger role somewhere in the NBA. What is Billy's contract? Let me pull that up. Oh, no, he's just under. It's partially guaranteed. Um, par- no, no, I'm not sure what it is. I think it's like not fully guaranteed at 2.5 next season. It's not on basketball dash reference. doesn't matter. Someone can put it in the comments down below on YouTube and commenting is the number one way you can support the channel other than being an everyday. So I do think they could bring Jackson Hayes back just because look, it's cheap and I don't think he's going to have much of a market out there, but, but, and this is kind of important too. He want to be back here. Does Jackson Hayes want to be back here in new Orleans? I don't know for sure, but I don't think the answer is yes. Look, there's no other money out there for him. I'm certain he would come back here. Millions of dollars is a good reason to play for a team. But I think he also just needs a fresh start and wants to be out there on the court playing and doing, you know, trying to build his career a little bit more. And clearly they feel a certain way about him here. So would it be better just to go to a different team? And I think... That's the complication of this. It's great to think about Jackson Hayes here again because he's cheap. And for the future, that's not a bad thing to have. Maybe that he still can grow and can, you know, deliver on some of that potential that made him the eighth overall pick. And again, I was very high on him. He's a vertical spacing threat. You put him in the dunker spot and you almost, if he ever figures it out, you have to stick a guy on him because he can just go up and clean up misses or it's just an easy little lob and he puts it down. Put him in the dunker spot immediately to the left or the right of the basket and watch defenders stick to him, thus creating a little bit of space for Zion Williamson. And too often we saw him miscast by the coaching staff and just put in, he was the the corner three anchor guy, as if any defender was going to respect that. It was just a waste of a big man. Now, he's also not a good rebounder, and I think that presents a problem too if the Pelicans want some center depth there, that 
you don't love his career rebounding numbers. He's not elite really either offensively or defensively enough to really make it an impactful type of player out there. Um, defensive rebounding percentage for his career is 17%. That's that's terrible. Jonas Valanciunas is, 33, is thir- uh, third, 33.3. Tells you how far away that Jackson Hayes is when it comes to some of those numbers. I bet there's probably guards that out-rebounded him on defensive rebounding percentages here, too. Um, No, but Larry Nance Jr. did. That's at least kind of tells you something. So, it could work. But I do think Jackson Hayes might want to go elsewhere, especially if he's not going to be used properly to kind of maximize his talent, and that's not what the Pelicans have done. But maybe it's the right fit out of necessity for both teams because no offer out there for him and no money for the Pelicans to spend. So, coming up next... We're finally starting to hear about the coaching rumors. We've covered some of this here. James Borrego, former Charlotte head coach, linked to the Pelicans. Good, bad, does it fix the offense? I've got the answer for you coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. But before we get to that, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. And right now they're doing a $1 million daily super flex promotion throughout the NBA playoffs and finals. Every day of the playoffs and finals, one Prize Pick user will win a chance at becoming a millionaire. One entry placed after 8 a.m. Eastern will randomly be selected each day, and whoever placed that entry will be given a six-pick flex with the following payouts. You get all six correct, $1 million. Five correct, eighty grand. Four, $16,000. Full details can be found at prizepicks.com slash million. You must opt in at this link to be eligible for the million-dollar entry. Once you opt in, all you have to do is play the game like normal, and you could be the lucky winner. It's daily fantasy made easy. You look at the numbers... They show them to you, pick above or below that. You're not playing against other players, which is the best part. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100. If you deposit $50, PrizePix will give you $50. Don't forget, enter promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today into every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. Tomorrow, I want to do a just today show with some of the rumors out there. Anyone else for sure gone from this team? Could they bring someone back? Let's look at who might be staying, who might be going in tomorrow's episode of Locked On Pelicans. So become an everydayer, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. So we got some coaching rumors. We know that some there might be some departures from the Pelicans. Jaron Collins, I've talked about saying Pelicans don't want to lose him, but maybe in the running for the Detroit Pistons head coaching job. We've heard that Ryan Pannoni might be going to the University of Alabama, who's replacing a number of assistants there on Nate Oates' staff. So there might be some options for the Pels. And as I said in a previous show, you'd like someone with head coaching experience on the bench just to provide a little bit more support for head coach Willie Green. And that's not to put pressure on Willie Green. Willie Green is very safe here in New Orleans. He's not going anywhere. There's no hot seat or anything like that with him. I think they're going to have a lot of patience with him and know that he is still growing as well. And we've seen a lot of really good things that he does, getting players buy-ins, Really being a good defensive coach, I think, too. And if they can figure out the offense, 
this team could be in a very, very good spot. Enter, maybe, James Borrego. And this comes from Mark Stein in his newsletter on Substack saying the Pelicans are interested in former Charlotte Hornets head coach James Borrego, saying that the Pels do want, as I've told you, someone with head coaching experience more so on the bench. Okay. James Borrego is maybe going to be the answer. Borrego, by the way, has spent time in New Orleans. He started his coaching career as an assistant coach under Monty Williams in the 2010-2011 season and then 2011-2012 before going to Orlando, becoming their interim head coach, not doing well there, going to the Spurs, and then becoming Charlotte's head coach for four years. In Charlotte, not a great record. Not a great record, 138 and 163, 45.8%. He finished his career, yeah, like well under 500 there. So it's not great. Is he, though, an offensive guy? Somewhat. I don't think James Borrego is going to come in and necessarily be the offensive coordinator for the New Orleans Pelicans. And then have them have a ton of massive success to start. I think when you look at his career, he's just, he's a solid coach. In his final year in Charlotte, they had the ninth best offense. The ninth best offense. Okay, seems good. Couple of things to keep in mind with that though. Jay Traino was their offensive coordinator there in Charlotte and he left. Went to the Sacramento Kings this past year, and look at what the Sacramento Kings did offensively, especially in the regular season. Was that so much James Borrego that final year, or much more so um, Jay Traino? And I think the answer is Traino compared to, um, sorry, Triano compared to Borrego. So I don't know if Borrego is going to be the answer because of that. Also, when you look at Charlotte that year, I don't care about some types of offense. We know this team can be good in transition. When they get out and run and play in the fast break, they're fine. The problem this past season for the Pelicans was half-court offense. When the game slows down, can you manufacture good looks for your guys? Can you run an offense that does that? So I did a little bit more digging and went to go look and see how the Charlotte Hornets were in the half-court in Borrego's final year. And the answer is, they were fine. They were fine. They were 13th. They were in the top half of the league, but that middle third. They weren't elite. They weren't amazing. They weren't particularly close to some of those top teams. So, eh, I like the idea of having a coach with experience, but I don't know if Borrego is going to come in and go, all right, here's how we revolutionize the offense and add a lot. That year, Charlotte was great in transition. Not so great, not bad, in the half court. And if you're looking for a fix to the offense, a guy to come in with some schemes and thoughts and things like that, that's really what I'd like to see. That's not Borrego, though, again, having someone to at times save Willie Green from himself and go, hey, hey, I went through this in Charlotte. Let me help you out. Let me give you some tips. That works. That, I think, could be a very good thing to have, but this isn't the guy that's going to revolutionize the offense and fix the half court for the Pelicans in some of the sets and lack thereof that we've seen from them. Still would be a good addition, 
There also might be more coming. We'll see. And we'll wait to find out. But there also are maybe more changes coming for the Pelicans. And what does that mean? And this is where I think things get interesting. What happens if general manager Trajan Langdon leaves the New Orleans Pelicans for another job? Good? Bad? Or does it open up a wide variety of possibilities? I'll explain coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about this Pelicans team. No one else comes to you like this, giving giving you the insight that you want to hear. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show. Leave a five-star review with a comment wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you want to support the channel, become an everydayer and comment down below on YouTube. Should the Pelicans bring back Jackson Hayes? Is James Borrego the right kind of guy to bring in? Or do you think that puts a little too much pressure on head coach Willie Green. And for the everydayers tomorrow, we'll look at other names that might stay or go here on this Pelicans roster. So, also in that Mark Stein newsletter, the number one name on the Washington Wizards list to run their their basketball ops is none other than Trajan Langdon, general manager for the New Orleans Pelicans. This is not surprising. Trajan Langdon is thought of very, very highly around the league from his time with the Brooklyn Nets and the work he did with their G League squad to coming here to New Orleans. He interviewed for the job that David Griffin ultimately got, and then they decided to hire him and bring him in. That was a great get for the Pelicans, and I I can tell you, they spent a lot of money on Trajan Langdon as well. This was not a cheap hire. So eventually he was going to get a shot to run his own team. When you look at the success that New Orleans had last year, when you look at them getting the head coach higher right, I do think so, in Willie Green, he's got a good track record. You know, it's, it's always interesting when you have someone like David Griffin, who's kind of at the top of everything, and then Trajan Langdon as the general manager. You know, what differentiates between what Griffin does and what Langdon does? And you've heard David Griffin try and give Trajan Langdon a lot of credit. You know, said that he was the guy kind of behind the trade for Josh Richardson in the middle of the season. Looked good to start. I think it was, ended up being okay for the Pelicans. No, not an amazing deal. It was a cost-saving move as well. But that was one that Trajan Langdon kind of worked on and did himself, you know, with the rest of the front office. The way this kind of all works is there's a lot of people in the front office and, you know, they talk through things a lot. And it's going to really ultimately come down to, you know, Trajan Langdon and David Griffin going like, okay, this is what we're going to go and try and do. This is the the guy we're going to try and sign. This is the trade we're going to try and make as they all kind of talk about different ideas and what it could do for the team. So if Richardson was was Langdon's, he gets the credit for that as Griffin was giving him. You know, I think it's still tough though because ultimately everything's going to need to be approved by David Griffin as opposed to Trajan Langdon himself. So I'm sure he would like to go to a job where He's the top guy, and it's all on him. Okay, I think it's fair. So what's it mean for the Pelicans if he leaves? And this is where I think things get interesting. As I said in the beginning of this, Trajan Langdon was expensive and probably has a very high salary here in New Orleans. And as we know, this team can be a bit cheap and want to 
cut costs, save money here and there, all of those things. If Trajan Langdon leaves, does that free up money for the Pelicans to spend and bolster other areas if you don't always necessarily need like a full-on GM like that? You know, Langdon brought his experience in, helped them set up the operation how it needs to be, probably particularly with the G League, and now wants to go do his own thing, and you've gotten that knowledge from him. So now you could potentially save some save some money, which I don't care. It's not my money. Like, don't do that. But they might. Or, you know, if, say, I'm going to just put out a number. This has got no insight into how much he was making. Say he was making $3 million, $2 million, let's say. $1 million. $1 million. That makes the numbers easy. Could you then go hire two people for 500000 and bolster your front office a little bit? We've heard that David Griffin said, well, he said at the end of season media availability, they want to invest a little bit more in their analytics department, thinking that's an area that they can try and improve. Okay. Is this where the money comes to do that? They have to fight with ownership at times to spend money. I can tell you that with certainty. So this maybe gives them the opportunity to bolster other areas where there was, a, you know, at the expense of some, a little bit of redundancy that maybe they had. And I think Langdon is great. Don't love losing him, but I'd be happy for him. And if it means the Pelicans can invest in other areas, because maybe they wouldn't pay Langdon, plus two other guys, I think this is an area that maybe helps New Orleans go forward with a bit of a different viewpoint or viewpoints in those front office discussions when they're talking trades and the direction of the team. So there's a little bit of excitement for me knowing that it frees up money. It sucks that it has to be this way and they wouldn't just spend the money anyway, but that's the realities of this team. So if this is how it's got to get done, it sucks, it's unfortunate, but it's how it's got to get done. Potentially, we don't know yet. But I'm going to be curious to see if Langdon leaves and they bring in some other names to help kind of bolster the front office a little bit and what that could mean for this team this offseason. Let me know what you think in the comments down below on YouTube. And that's going to do it for this episode of Lockdown Pelicans, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. To my everydayers, thank you so much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with y'all tomorrow.